What a great morning, huh? It has been an absolutely wild, crazy, exhausting, uh, fun, beautiful, powerful, exhausting. Did I say exhausting already? Um, it's been it's been a great week here at the church, uh, celebrating vacation Bible school. Um, all the kids, all the adult and youth volunteers. What an amazing, amazing week it has been. And, and so the question is, you know, uh, we've spent all of this this time, this energy, this creativity uh, into this one thing called Vacation Bible School. It's one of the biggest events that we do as a church uh, throughout the entire year. And the question is, why? <laughs> why? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Well, it's because we as a church, we have made a commitment uh, to invest in the next generation, the next generation of Christians, of, of Christian leaders, so that they can then go and, and share their faith with others, lead others. And, and I think we should just pause on this Sunday and, and just remember that, that this is part of who we are. This, this, is, this is part of our mission and not just us as a church, but it's what we're called to as followers of Jesus. And I think that this is such an important conversation. And and if you're thinking like, well, you know, I'm not really in the stage of life that I'm in, right? Raising little kids of my own, but but we all have someone who is coming behind us, who, who's looking up to us. So, so whether you're retired, you're done raising kids on your own, uh, or even if you're in high school, you got some middle schoolers, you got some elementary schoolers coming behind you. We all have someone who is coming behind us, who's, who's looking at us to kind of pave the way, to, to model the faith for them. And, and after all, None of us would be here. I would bet that none of us would be here today if there weren't at least one person who went before you, who kind of paved the way for you, that led you to where you are today. Maybe that's a, a family member or, or a youth pastor or a pastor or, or a friend or, or whoever it might be. We're, we're all here because of someone else who has gone ahead of us. And I think that we would all agree that, that we want to see the next generation succeed. I mean, how many times have you said, or, or you've heard it said, you know, I, I just want something better for, for my kids, for, for my grandkids, for my nieces, for my nephews, for, for those who are coming behind me. Even if you've had a good life, we, we all want something more. We want something better, something greater for them. You know, in the Bible, there's a, a whole generation of people who had an extremely hard life. And that's, that's to put it very mild. People who grew up in, in oppression, in uh, injustice, in slavery, in genocide under Pharaoh in Egypt. And then God comes along and sets these people free and says, you are now my people. God sets the people free and they go off and wander around for 40 years in the wilderness. It's the Israelites and their leader is a man named Moses. And Moses comes to realize after wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years, Moses comes to realize that he's not going to make it to, to this new promised land. He, he's not going to make it to this new home and neither are any of his peers. And so in a moment of wisdom, Moses kind of stands up and he gives a really, really long sermon. It's called the book of Deuteronomy. It's one long speech, but in it, Moses has some really wise advice. And so this is what I want to turn us to. This is uh, the book of Deuteronomy chapter six. Moses says this. 
He says, now these are the commandments, the regulations and the case laws that the Lord, your God commanded me to teach you to follow in the land that you are entering to possess so that you will fear the Lord, your God, by keeping all of his regulations, his commandments that I am commanding you, both you and your sons and daughters all the days of your life so that you will lengthen your life says, listen to them, Israel, follow them carefully, that things will go well for you. And so that you will continue to multiply exactly as the Lord, your ancestors, God promised you in a land full of milk and honey. Moses is saying it here, essentially, Hey, Hey, listen up. You, you've got this great opportunity. You're, you're about to enter into this land full of milk and honey. This, this land that God has promised you, you have such a bright future ahead of you, but you can't forget this. You can't forget this. Can't forget where you have come, how faithful God has been to you. He goes on and he says, Israel, listen, our God is the Lord, only the Lord. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your being, all of your strength. These words that I'm commanding you today must always be on your minds or impress them upon them. Recite them to your children. And then Moses goes on and he gives kind of a a schedule, a a daily rhythm for how this is supposed to look in their everyday lives. And and so I'm going to read these, but I want to give us maybe a little bit of a, of a modern parallel to this. Moses goes on. He says, you know, uh, recite them to your children. Talk about them when you're sitting around your house. So, So those moments when you're, you're having dinner together, uh, talk about, about what God has done for you. Talk, talk about how God has been at work in your life. It says, when you are lying down, it's the next thing. But before you go to bed, spend some time in prayer together. He says, when, when you are getting up, but before you get up in the morning and, and you head off to the world, remind those. Your, your children, your, your grandchildren, whoever it might be that that's the generation behind you, remind them of their worth and their value because they're about to walk into a world that that's going to make them question their worth and their value. So, so Moses says, you know, before you, you go out, as soon as you get up, remind them, remind them about this. And then lastly, he says, tie them on your hand as a sign They should be on your forehead as a symbol, write them on your house's door frame and on your city's gates. You see, Moses had this kind of long-term vision for these people. And he knew that, that he wouldn't see it. He wouldn't see any of this come to pass, but those behind him would. And this is so crucial because, you know, the further out we are able to envision the future, the better able we are to make decisions for the next generation today. And so can you, can you remember a time? Can you remember a time in your life when someone believed in you? Can you remember a a moment in your life? Maybe, maybe it was the first time you kind of realized someone believes in you, or maybe it was a pivotal moment in your life. Can you remember when someone believed in you Or, or, or more, more importantly, can you remember when someone showed you, that they believed in you. And I think that's what Moses is doing here. He's saying, Hey, listen up, <laughs> listen up this, this generation that's, that's coming behind me. You've got generations and generations coming behind you. And what you need to do is you need to show up for them. 
And you need to show them that you believe in them because God certainly believes in us. God has delivered us. God has brought us this far. Now you need to show them that you believe in them. That that when we do that, when we show people that that we believe in them, it it propels them into the future With, with our encouragement, with our advice, with our affirmations. We need that. We need to do that. <laughs> and we, we also need that personally. We need those relationships. We need that sense of community. It, we also need, we need a sense of purpose. And, you know, when I think about, you know, the purpose of our church or really just any church, kind of like the early church, one of our purpose is, is to actually propel the next generation of, of Christians forward to, to give them a stepping stone to stand on our shoulders, just as we have stood on the shoulders of so many ahead of us. And so a question I think that we need to ask ourselves just personally, just, just a question for you to, to ponder personally is this, what do you think would happen if your actions reflected your belief in the next generation? What do you think would happen down the road? if your actions reflected your belief in the next generation and and implicit in that question, don't miss this implicit in that question is the other question. Do you actually believe in the next generation? (laughs) Do do you think that that they're worth your time and your energy and, and your investment? Maybe that's a question that you haven't really thought of before. Maybe you look back on, on the next generation coming behind you and you've got maybe some disdain in your heart. Maybe kind of that attitude of kids these days. And so what would happen if your actions reflected your belief to the next generation? You know, part of, part of the purpose of a church is to help influence the next generation of Christians. And it's not, it's not just for our survival as a church or as an institution. We all know the statistics that there's been a steady decline in, in people who profess uh, faith in Christianity, those who practice Christianity, that that's not news to anyone. And so, yeah, of course we, we want to see uh, the church continue. We, we want to see the good news of Jesus continue to be spread throughout the world. Of, of course we want to see that, but also we, we have another purpose and we have another responsibility. We have a responsibility to care for the next generation here and now. It's really hard being a kid right now. It's really hard being a teenager and a young adult right now. I saw some statistics recently that about 20% of uh, students nationwide ages 12 to 18, about 20% of those students experienced bullying uh, this past year. And that's just the ones that, that actually admitted it. Uh, Most of that uh, occurred online and with the pandemic and everything going online, that didn't help anything at all. A national survey was done where about 30% of teenagers admitted that, that they felt the sense of hopelessness to, to the point where they couldn't go on with their normal routines and their weekly activities. Almost 2 million students dropped out of high school this past year. And did you know that that nine out of 10 people who struggle with addiction, do you know when they first started using and experimenting with drugs and alcohol before the age of 18? And it's hard to hear all of that. I, I, I know, 
but I think, I think of Jesus's greatest commandment, you know, to, to love your neighbor as yourself. I, I think that in that to love our neighbor means that we also have to love our neighbor's kids and, and that generation coming behind us. And so there's just one more study that I was, I was looking at uh, Harvard university did this, uh, this big, big study. And they were trying to figure out, you know, what is it that, that helps a kid succeed in life? You know, what, what actually, what helps them, what helps them the most? Uh, could we point to that? And so they looked at everything. They looked at, you know, economics and race. They looked at diet and health and nutrition and what schools they went to, what grades they got. And they said, you know, all this is, is really, really important, but they found one thing, one thing that was more important than all the others. And, and they found this, it says, the single most common factor for children who developed resilience is at least one stable and committed relationship with a supportive parent, caregiver, or other adult. The, 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 the single greatest thing in a child's life is one relationship, one single committed relationship. Church, do you, do you know what we do? We do relationships. <laughs> we, we do community. That, that's like our bread and butter. That, that's our product. That's what we have to contribute to, to the world. And it's something that the world, that the next generation is starving for, that we can offer. So back to Moses, Moses says, look, you've got this whole group of people coming behind you, this whole generation. I I want you to choose better for them than we have chosen for ourselves. I I want you to be able to see further down the line. So take all of these commandments that that I'm giving you and always remember them and impress them upon the next generation. And I think that's a word for us today, too. But the issue is, right, in order to impress something on someone else, in order to, to teach something to someone else, we first have to know it ourselves. We, we first have to have that strong relationship. We, we first have to have been following Jesus, obeying Jesus, walking with God. But look, hear what I'm not saying. I, I'm not saying you have to have it all figured out. Not saying you have to have a master's of divinity degree and go to seminary and, and all of that. Most of the time we're so worried about having the answers to questions that people aren't even asking. Instead, what I know that the next generation wants is someone who believes in them. Someone who shows them that they believe in them. So you don't have to have it all figured out but could you show the next generation that you believe in them? And do you have, do you have a story of how God has worked in your life that you could pass that down on to them? And it doesn't have to be just elementary school kids. Maybe it's somebody in their thirties or forties. Maybe it's, it's single parents or young parents who are trying to figure all of this out. Do you have a story that you could share with them? And so here's, here's the question that, that all of us need to be thinking about as we leave here today. The question is, what are you leaving behind for those who are coming behind you? What is it that you're leaving behind for those who are coming behind you? Because we're all leaving something behind We're we're all making history every day. So, so what is it that you're leaving behind? 
Are you leaving behind an example of faith? Are you leaving behind a, a model for what it looks like to follow Jesus? And also, are you leaving behind maybe some hard, hurtful things that you don't want to leave behind? Maybe you know them because somebody has left them behind in you. But what about those good things? What, what about that model of faith that you could leave behind for someone else? Because here's the truth. Most of us, we're not going to be able to leave behind a lavish inheritance for our children or our grandchildren or, or the church's children, right? But what we can do is every single adult, what we can do is we can leave behind a legacy for others to follow. And the greatest thing that we can give, it's not stuff. The greatest thing that we can give to the next generation is the legacy that we leave within them. Let me pray for us. And so Lord, God, we thank you that we can stand here today because of the faithful saints who have gone before us. Lord, not just those like Peter and Paul, James and Mary, but God, each of us probably has someone in our mind who showed up for us and who showed us just a, a glimpse of your love and what it looked like to follow you. So God, we, we give you thanks for that. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to lead others. And we ask that you would, you would help us to, to be the leaders of tomorrow's future. God, that we would show up, show that they are loved loved by you, loved by your church. And God, help us help one another. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.